Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Leaders in Supply Chain podcast. My name is Fei Yu. I'm the Managing Director Europe at Alcott Global. Today, we have the pleasure to welcome Bodo Bockhamper. Bodo is the VP Procurement at BMW AG, responsible for processes and digitalization. Bodo has 25 years of experience in the automotive industry. He is a guru in building and implementing strategy, procurement operations, and digital transformation. In his current position, Bodo is transforming BMW Group's procurement function towards a data-driven organization with highly automated processes. Bodo has a high interest in startups, disruptive solutions, and in people. Bodo, really great to have you. You always make any meeting so energetic and inspiring. And that's why I chose to have a meeting in early afternoon, uh, not being afraid of falling asleep because I knew you would wake me up and get me excited. Where did you get all this energy and passion from? Hi, Faye. First of all, hello to you and, and, and the audience. And I must say too much honor at, at this point. Thank you very much for having me with you here and then giving me the chance to talk about my favorite subject, the digitalization of procurement functions. Yes, please uh, tell us more about you and share your career highlights. How did you follow the career path to be where you are today, Bodo? Yeah, you actually already mentioned that, like 25 years of experience, but really it's like, wow, makes you, makes you feel a bit older. But it's true, I, I entered uh, or joined BMW in the year 1998 after having spent some years in consultancy. And I've been in, in actually different business function, business divisions at BMW. And uh, well, in 2006, I joined our corporate strategy department at BMW. And maybe to, to um, just a kind of a step back in history to explain the audience, the, the circumstances. At this time, we did not have a procurement division. So there was no board level representative of procurement. Rather, there had been a procurement function within engineering, which was responsible for all direct material. And there was another procurement function for all indirect material, which was actually allocated in production. So I mentioned the corporate strategy function. At this time, during the years 2007 then to 2009, we did a major strategy initiative from really top-down, the first time top-down approach. And one of the visible outcomes of that strategy was actually building a board function for procurement. And um, we have a well-known first board member, uh, Herbert, Dr. Herbert Dies. He became in the year 2009 the first board member for procurement. So I had actually in my role in corporate strategy, I had the the um, yeah the, the, the pleasure really to work together with him in developing the strategy. And uh, I joined two months after founding of the procurement division. I joined the operational function for elect uh, leading uh, electronics and entertainment at um, BMW procurement. So that was my start, my, my entry point into procurement. Awesome. So then any tips that you could share with our audience? How do you get to where you are today? What are your secret sources? 
Well, a secret sauce, but I can tell you what, what, what I did. And I had, I think, a good combination. I mean, I, I joined BMW. I had done my mechanical engineering, so that's always a good base. If, if you go to an automotive company, I had some years in consulting and I did an MBA in, in the UK. So the, I think this gave me a, a good a good base. And then I had, I had uh, six years at BMW or in seven years where I um, had the pleasure to, to work in finance in after sales and then in the corporate strategy. So I had a good round view of the company. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when I then in 2009 joined um, operational procurement, I was challenged. Uh, is, is that guy really uh, able to lead an operational function? But I, I realized that with this um, consulting and strategy background, actually I found it quite natural to implement uh, new ways of working and the new directions. I think this this uh, I had always an interest in operations, and I think there's some nature in me. So mm -hmm. I think there was a was a not the secret sauce, but for me it worked quite well. Mm, fantastic. So now you're in a very important position, right? In in procurement, it quite advanced, leading digital procurement. And let's start with this topic in digital procurement. What makes digital procurement? different from traditional procurement and why has it become a buzzword of businesses yeah so i, I mean fair question I mean, what is it is different you know and and uh, i think first of all i mean what is difference between digitalization and it i think uh, we maybe become later to that point but when you now talk about digital procurement for sure you mean a much higher degree of automation Yeah, um, is it because you have developed some apps on top of your core IT uh, systems, or if you have yeah built some digital dashboards to access information much much faster or even automatic? So I think automation is one big topic, and the second, and I would say this is even the higher impact, is the focus on data. So you you transform the procurement function to a data-driven function. And when I joined procurement, there was a lot about experienced people, you know, experienced guys who have always done it, who know the supplier, who know what works, what doesn't work. And so they tell you, oh, you have to learn a lot, you know, how we always did it and know the market. And uh, with this uh, digital procurement, you see that analytics actually is more important than experience or the ship goes to analytics at least. And everything is much smarter, much faster, and more efficient than you did it in the old ways. So I would say that that's the, the core difference. Very interesting. I, I'd like to explore here, like you mentioned, it's more automated, so data-driven analytic. And then how would the older generation of procurement profession adjust to this new trend yeah that's that's the, now, now we are absolutely in this transformation and uh, it is you speak about older surprisingly i found it's not not absolutely only an age topic but it's a very much a mindset topic but it's how you approach i mean um, if you have a certain let's say if you're if you're a senior procurement guy You have achieved something because of your knowledge, your experience, and then you see something new is coming up, and that this is a threat. I mean, even if you say, "I want to change," I want to, but it is 
it, it feels like a threat and it is a threat because what I just said, you know, um, analytics, you know, become more important than experience. I mean, what does that mean to somebody very experienced? You know, his stakes are kind of uh, flooding away. And I think there's no way out to, to face that challenge. But what you can do, you can take, uh, spend maybe more times for the ones who are more conservative and explain them the tools and that's easy. And that's a huge difference of, you know, building such tools than using them. And they actually have only the end user experience or um, task. Mm -hmm. And you can try to get them in your projects. But it is the new guys on the block have some advantages here because mm -hmm. things change so dramatically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I take it it's the mindset, right? Embracing change and then help each other on board would be the key. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, and you, you have to kind of challenge their mindset. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's, there's a good phrase that um, I picked up uh, just recently, like who likes change? And you see still a lot of hands, mm -hmm. but who likes to change? And mm -hmm. that's a fewer hands. Mm -hmm. and, and if you say them, look, you can be one of the first who really combines experience with this new so-called digital procurement, then you're in a really great position and this did work, but you don't get all of them, but you get many. Mm, okay. Let's come back to BMW, right? When when did you start the digital procurement journey? And how important is digitalization of procurement and supply chain at BMW? Yeah, no, I'm just speaking for procurement because that's what I know best. We were not not a very early mover or early adopter. I think we were just about a, like a follower. And uh, maybe maybe it just memory comes up in 2009. Some people in the audience, some will remember, many not. When I just joined procurement, the screen you looked at was black and there were green letters on it. And if you want to do any application or any um, operation in your system, you had to type in manually four letter codes. So that was the situation. I mean, many, many years ago. So what you said, when did it really start? Because what we did with this uh, black screens and letter codes, we very quickly put up a window surfaces, which made it much, much easier and actually helped me to jump into this job. But digitalization, when did it start? Probably hard to say. I would say for procurement, it was like 2017. What has happened there? Our central IT division had introduced the domain and product structure. I'm sure many of your followers are familiar with that. That means actually we had a, a IT structure in parallel to the regular BMW structure and for running or driving IT projects. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, of course, we took over the agile methods. And today, all, all IT projects are done in the agile way rather than the the older waterfall model. Uh, so I would say 2017 is the, um, the starting point. And um, what makes it a starting point for me, I mean, you can build a structure something, but apps became the hype, right? Everybody wanted to do some apps, which, which are generally faster. Mm -hmm. And the dashboards, I just mentioned myself earlier in this call. Mm -hmm. And what did this mean? Actually, this meant a democratization of IT. Mm. I mean, until then, 
only the IT professionals really could do something in the IT systems. And now many more people were able to program some program something which helped them the next day or the next week. So yes, for the question, part one, 2007 is the, the starting point. How important is digitalization of procurement? It is extremely important. It is for us now, it's, it's unthinkable not to use the available tools which are out there to get really um, to, to master all the, the different data and the, the impacts we experience. So you really need to be upfront to be a good procurement function. Great to hear that. 2017, that's uh, very early uh, in the journey ahead of many organizations. Well done. So where does uh, BMW stand with digital procurement now? I remember two years ago, I had a similar question, not from you. And I thought, yeah, where we stand, I was was a bit still naive to say, okay, there's a status you can achieve. But but, uh, many people say it's a journey. And uh, the journey has no final destination. So we're all on the way, I would say. But if question, okay, what have you achieved already? And then how fast are you moving? So I said, um, starting point 2017, in my view, we were not the, the first ones really did uh, make use of, of all the new possibilities. But since then, we made good progress. And at least uh, we, we caught up with our industry this means there was a pronunciation of our industry. I mean, there are other industry who, who may be in front. Uh, so to name, of course, an Amazon, which, which offers a, a different uh, user experience uh, still. We did probably some, some benchmarking stuff, some leading solutions in the field. One example is in the last three years, we have implemented a procurement dashboard. And last week, former colleague uh, said, hey, this is brilliant. And I said, okay, what do you think we need else in this system? He says, Bodo, actually, there's no information I needed the last year, which I didn't get in this system by three mouse clicks or, or so. Uh, so this is a, a major piece of work we've done. But this is, a, yeah, it's a comprehensive uh, dashboard. That's where we are. If you, if you talk about uh, have you already um, like user friendliness and an entry point, not yet. We have started a, a major initiative called Connected Procurement. And the name is the program. We want to not only to work within procurement, but really be connected to engineering, to finance, and also production and even sales in in terms of forecasting. And what we will implement already next year will be a a unique uh, user access point to all the applications, which meaning the operational systems, as well as the information systems. And yeah, that's where we are right now. Uh, there'll be a lot to work for having uh, lean digital processes, but that's mm-hmm. that's the main target. Yeah. Oh, so the target will be actually make a user-friendly entry point, right? That's the next step, right? With a single stop shop. Interesting. At latest, you you must actually gone through a lot of convincing, right? Internally, share with our. Uh, audience what hurdles did you have to overcome and still have to overcome now internally to find the appropriate recognition and to implement a digitalized uh, procurement so this is probably the the point where we risked the time we have set you know because this is something we talk about hurdles and learnings i mean there's so much in so i 
I try to, of course, to focus on the the, the most uh, most important ones. And I think you you put them together, hurdles and learnings, and I think it's correct because can be both a hurdle. Let's say the the key factors and, and learnings and hurdles is top management engagement, and it is so easy to say, and this has always been said for major programs or change programs. But this is I I experienced also. If you do not get the top management behind the whole idea, then it's a very stony way, if not deemed to be unsuccessful. And here's the point about learnings. I mean, it depends very much now about your top management. Yeah, If you happen to be in, in, in an IT, a very related company, then your top management might be also much uh, more related to IT. If you're maybe in a classical engineering-driven company, then the IT has so far not been the core competence. And here we also have the, facing the same, maybe even threats we, we mentioned earlier. Uh, what does that new thing like dig- or called digitalization mean? Everybody wants to have it, but do you really want to get involved, get engaged, show that you don't know everything as the top manager, and do you have a willingness to learn? So that's the first and foremost recommendation to really check with your top management if if uh, they are ready to go, really. There are other things you can do, of course, to convince. My experience was that you do have to provide a vision, but you need to combine that with quick wins. Today, everybody talks about, oh, what's the quick win? What's the quick win? Yes, that's the three-year roadmap, but what is the quick win? So you have to combine it. If you do only one, let's say if you would only do quick wins, then people would say, okay, what? where do we go? To go only the direction, vice versa. So this in combination, vision combined with quick wins, uh, that's, that's very important. And then also very familiar measure or recommendation, management of expectations. What you see or what I've realized in uh, digitization is that you get overnight many experts nearly everybody is now an expert they have seen something heard something some colleagues said something and they all know what to do and uh, they they say can we move fast and so on so you have to be really clear about what is your plan what you won't hit in the next step but the second next step what makes sense and what does not make sense and still you have this constant challenge that somebody has seen some better solution somewhere else and they would recommend to you that you have a look at this and do it alike. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's also you have to be a, a strong personality yeah, uh, to, to keep your direction. So you've actually gone now five years, right? Running this for five years. Where do you see the future of uh, digital procurement at VMW in, next, in the next five years or maybe make it shorter, two years? Yeah, um, thanks. I mean, two years, I think that's that's a time frame you should, should look at, maybe two years, maybe three years, five years, there will be so many new things coming. So what is our what is our path forward? I'm using here maybe a buzzword again, end-to-end. What we, what we want to have thoroughly digitized end-to-end business processes. With this end-to-end, I mean that we're not ending or working only in the procurement division, but that we take data from our engineering colleagues and do not retype them in our procurement systems and from there go end to end, but rather we take the same data, X work, 
collaboratively on the same data. And th these data will be passed to other business process partners like, like finance. That is a big um, challenge. The smartest what you have to do is in a very complex product as we have it, and with very, very many changes, you need somehow to combine all the different data types, if it's technically, or is it commercially, contracts, somehow that you do find all the information on a one click. We do call this, uh, let's say, this discipline or this task data continuity. And this will, will be a game changer, absolutely, if we master. Now, we have worked a lot this year. And, and now I can say, yes, we, we, find, we found the, the way forward. We had some really nuggets uh, to, to, to crack if we can you know, align different views. There will, be see, still, uh, there will still be many, many challenges. And we also realized that we have to become a little simpler. Yeah, less complex and loss, uh, less variance and so on to really make this, this workable. I think from now on in two or three years, you will see a major shift. We will not be finished with that, but there will be a, a big progress. What we will have, and we will have by end of next year, we will have this, this workplace, which we touched briefly prior to it. We will have a different ways of collaboration. We just have, let's say, onboarded a, a startup called Cezonia, which is um, which is, has a really unique solution to make it so much easier to work with internal external partners in complex pro um, projects. And it's all about data continuity. And we also um, will renovate our IT landscape. And here we are maybe back in the older world. Uh, this will not even be finished within five years. If you then have to consider all the rollout, you have to go in different countries and so on. So that's our program for the next uh, three to five years. Sounds exciting. So we have actually procurement executive asked about the risk management side, right? How do you use uh, digital digitization to help you bring risk management to next procurement level? Oh, that, that's that's a that's a perfect perfect let's say category because risk management. I mean, this means you handle a, or you should handle a lot of data, right? I mean, uh, how do you identify risk? What is risk? And we all have experienced that there are so many new risks which 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 appeared last last year and then the year before, and digitalization, uh, data focus. That that's a really good match to risk. Uh, management. We have actually one one initiative um, called Risk Hub, where we have defined all the categories we can think of currently, uh, sorted all the data into the categories, and now let's uh, try if we find some algorithm. And here we can honestly say about machine learning: Do we find patterns in all those data which in in the past have led to problems? Uh, add on to risk we see in the future coming. So I think when you say where can digitalization generate one of the biggest benefits, I would definitely say it's it's in risk management. Great. How would you describe a successful digitalized procurement in a few words? What should a successful digitalized supply chain uh, or procurement bring? Yeah, I, I mean, now you say procurement supply chain, and this is this is uh, maybe made on purpose because this is, has come so much closer together. I mean, if if we would say procurement stops when you have done the contract, uh, that would be not a task which we all procurement professionals face are facing today. 
So it's really today, which keeps you busy at night, is the so supply chain management task, which, you know, like even four years ago was more like you tell your first day what you need and he, he will take care. Today, you must manage that. So I, I would actually say a procurement needs to have a very great uh, supply chain management. And here are some top priorities. And, and I would say that they're all about, or many of them, about pure transparency of your end-tier supply chain. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's probably very depending on the industry you're working in. In our industry, we, we do face problems in the fourth, fifth, or raw material level, more maybe on those deeper levels than on, on the first tier. So this, this might be different in under other industries. You also, this, this transparency in the end tier actually applies to many many disciplines. There's one, the, the ESG criteria. I mean, we want, as a, especially as a car maker, we want to really be number one in this disciplines, uh, ESG and sustainability, one of them being CO2. So I, I we believe that if we can uh, prove that we have transparency and we know that, let's say, CO2 footprint, that our customers will, will award that and, and will, will, uh, it will, will be a buying criteria in the future. Then, again, the risk we just talked about, I mean, we're not talking about the risk in your company. It's it's question about how is the risk adding, you know, across the, the entire uh, level. And um, so this, this is uh, probably if you have a good uh, procurement function, supply chain function, you are better in, in those terms. And then maybe... Maybe more classic, but but more important reaction time. Yeah, if 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 something happens, do we still need a week to get a task force going? Uh, does the task force know exactly what to do, how to work? And so I think that you need to be much more in reaction times. And maybe something not so fashionable: logistics costs. They used to be very 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 incremental, but what we have seen uh, is now with energy and labor costs, inflation, of course, that logistics become a more relevant cost or even more relevant cost factor. And this combined with the trend, let's say, to have more, or let's say less single sources, uh, this, this can be a challenge as well. I would say, to not name all of them, these would be my top priorities and more parameters I would name. Mm. That's very helpful. So I heard that you have so the the team, right? BMW team have won a, a leadership award in digital projects. So congratulations! What is the tool called that you you won this award? Tell us about it. It is a tool. I mean, thank thank you for mentioning it. I will pass that to the team because actually it, it was the, the the team approach, and which shows the excitement and engagement a team has. And so the tool you mentioned is, is called Chameleon. And it does actually, in a collaborative way, it shows our demands to our suppliers in a more advanced way than if you just do the call-off. So the, the, the horizon, time horizon will be larger. And it's not a legally binding demand because we just give them more insights in our current prospects or our planning. And vice versa, we have an insight, we get transparency about the capacity and uh, the supplier. And that's not the, uh, the capacity we have maybe contractually um, agreed on, but it's the, the actual one, which could be larger in some cases or could be for some reasons um, lower. 
And combining this information, of course, gives you a head start in, in supply chain or supply issues, problems. And uh, the way we do it, it's, it's a collaborative tool. Suppliers can for free log in on, on, on the web, get the website and, and have access. They need to type in the, the information. They're even allowed to, of course, and actually that's, that's promoted from our side, to use them with their partners. Uh, so we get more data in the end here. And that was recognized, our, the collaborative approach we took. And that, that's probably something which, which BMW actually stands for, that we, we are tough, but we are always you know, trying really to be collaborative and trying to generate win-win solution and find a solution. Thanks for sharing. I also found it also, uh, in addition to this approach, right, you also have a lot of collaboration with startups. You mentioned also that's part of your passion, right? Very interested in startup. Um, I heard about the startup day. Please share with us about it. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, startups, I mean, that's a, that's a whole new, what can you say, idea, right? I mean, the smaller companies, they, they just, you know, work on, on some solutions. And we do feel we, we absolutely want to cooperate, collaborate startups, um, despite the you know different cultures, and uh, we want to make it as easy as possible for for startups. And we have since many years a let's say a, a, we call it startup garage, where uh, startups have you know their first entry point, and where they're then kind of directed to the appropriate functions within the large BMW organization and help with you know fulfilling the procedures and so on so that's a very successful um, let's say um, institution already since two years we did additionally a uh, yeah we called it you can say startup day we call it newcomer day which meant we on purpose we we asked for startups to present their ideas and uh, you know out of more than 100 startups we selected uh, quite a number and those startups they they do have a whole day where they can present also in front of our board members directly their ideas. As you can see, we want to take really hurdles down as much as possible. And we are, just for all the startups out there in, in, the, in the podcast, maybe, we are well aware that a startup cannot show us annual reports about the last 10 years. I mean, this, this we have, you know, this idea we, we, we have accepted and uh, so we have adequate other measures. I'm just onboarding a, a startup. It's not completely easy, but it is. Uh, I think it's really acceptable for startups. So we, we really want to work with startups, collaborate startups. We appreciate their innovation power, also their fresh ideas, challenging the status quo, challenging us. And uh, yeah, that's that's. A, thank you, Faye, to give me the opportunity to make this statement here, uh, because that's really uh, one of our top priorities. Yeah, Bodo, I heard a lot of very inspiring keywords from the discussion. I heard inclusive. This is actually yeah, inclusive collaboration, uh, openness. I heard democracy, I heard transparency, and, and looks like you guys are actually doing great job implementing all this concept in the organization. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Of course, this is another motivation, and it was really perfect to reflect a couple of things but there are as many things as we maybe have already done i think twice as much are still to, to be mastered yeah yeah so for our business right i'm always interested in on the talent side on the people side 
what are the qualities and skills you would like to look for to strengthen your team? Yeah, as you are interested in talents, I am also interested in talents. Faye. I mean, this is this is very very important. It's crucial, and uh, maybe it's maybe it's a nice loop to to our beginning. We said how have things changed? Um, now, when when we talk about what are we looking for, there's one one use which stands for stands for stability. Still, for me, attitude, personality, and actually the ability to collaborate are still my key search criteria. Uh, I want to have really distinctive people. Um, I feel there's a personality there and have the right mindset. In addition to that, and in alignment with what I said earlier, I have a shift to not looking at the experience so much as in years before, but would be really happy if I can find some analytical skills, some proof of that. Of course, IT uh, knowledge doesn't hurt. Yeah, That would be would be fantastic. And if you if you wanna if you are analytics and you see what data can do for you, your analytics mind would tell you, well, you need need to get involved with data and, and IT. So if somebody says he loves data and analytics but has I have no clue about IT tools, that would not be a sound uh, proposal. So but but again to say that uh, by every analytics and so on, people need today, I would say, even be more collaborative than in former years. Things develop so fast and you always need to have a team and it's always a team approach. So I don't want to have the one person who says, I'm the stars, I have programs, I'm the star, I have programmed something, but I want to have really see in the interview sincere willingness to work with other people in teams. I like that. So we heard a lot nowadays that soft skills is really the hard skill. <laughs> so, and that is confirmed from uh, what you just mentioned. Thank you for sharing. Yes, I, I only can agree. I mean, maybe you can say also the, the, the hard skill. I mean, that's what you learn also in university and that, that should be the base. But around then, to make, to make the difference, absolutely the soft skills is then the, probably the, the winning point. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Bodo, for the time, sharing a lot of insight with us. Appreciate the time and wish you better, all the success with your further journey in the digital procurement at BMW. Okay, thank you so much for the wonderful questions, really made me reflect. And I hope um, your audience um, could take something out of it. And um, if somebody wants to connect, you know, I'm absolutely open on LinkedIn. So happy to, to proceed here. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to go to alcartglobal.com and click the podcast button for all the show notes of the interview. Also, subscribe to our mailing list to get our latest update first. If you're listening to a streaming platform like iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, we would appreciate the kind review. Five star works best to keep us going and our production team happy. And of course, share it with your friends. I'm most active on LinkedIn. So do feel free to follow me. And if you have any suggestions on what to do and who to invite next, don't hesitate to drop me a note. And if you're looking to hire top executives in supply chain or transform your business, of course, contact us as well to find out 
how we can help. Thank you very much.